Welcome to the Weekend Shenanigans Podcast. You got Bill here. Steven, checking in. Yeah, and we're here uh, back off of beating Virginia Tech to talk a little bit about that game and preview a little bit about UNC. So, Steve. I was, you... I was excited to beat Virginia Tech. Yeah. Everyone's been talking to me about it this week, how great it was to beat Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech sucks this year, but people still think it's a great win, so I roll with it. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically what it's all about is uh, making sure you're highlighting. So, yeah, yeah, we uh, definitely took it to Virginia Tech, uh, went up there and dropped 49 on them. With the backup quarterback? Uh, with the backup quarterback. So that was the big surprise of the uh, whole uh, whole shebang was, I guess, what, an hour or two before the game started, leaks started coming out that Tobias Oliver had a chance to start. And lo and behold, Taquan didn't see the field and we didn't need him. No. We uh, put up numbers without him, which was great. I yeah. missed him. I like, I like him. I do too, and that's kind of so. Obviously, he was injured, and that was the reason he played. Practiced only for one day prior to the Virginia Tech game. So, Paul Johnson said that he told Tobias on Tuesday before the game that he would be starting because Taquan hadn't been able to get the practice time in. So, not a huge surprise there if you got a quarterback who. Is that beat up that he doesn't uh, see the field? But it kind of was reminiscent of two years ago when we went up there and Matthew Jordan subbed in for Justin Thomas and ran all over. Come to find out, Tobias goes up there, subs in for Taquan, runs all over Bud Foster's defense. I really miss Matthew Jordan. I like him. I don't know why. That's my whole story. So, yeah, I guess to recap that game, the first half was kind of interesting. It was going back and forth there for a little while. Yep. until Shootout. Yeah, straight-up shootout style. We couldn't stop them. They couldn't stop us. They finally forced us to punt and give it to the kicker. He managed to punt it off the guy's face mask. I, I don't know how he did that, Presley, but hell yeah. Good job. Presley's tight. Presley is tight. I wish we could get that guy more punts, but at the same time, I never want to punt again. So, sorry, Presley. You are the best at the worst possible job on the football field. Um, but yeah, we recovered that that muffed uh, punt and scored and ended up taking a 28-21 lead into halftime and kind of come out in the second half and put another one in on the first possession and never looked back. Nope. So that was, uh, yeah, it was cool. That was a very good, good way to... Uh, you know, I liked being up by 21. Yeah, we got up 21, and it's that all of a sudden, yeah. you know, they, they kind of started putting a drive or two together there at the end of the third quarter, but by that point, you're like, they're not going to get three possessions. Mm-mm. The way we were running the ball, the quarterback sweeps were running, the B-back was efficient. We only threw the ball once and didn't complete it, but when you Passing's drop... Passing's overrated. Yeah, when you, when you drop 49 points on somebody, I guess, why do you need to throw? You so. don't. Other takeaways besides uh, Virginia Tech fans leaving in the third quarter. Well, that was great. <laughs> uh, you know what song they were playing as they were walking up the stairs, right? Exit Sandman. Exit Sandman. Thank you. Thank you, Wiley Ballard, for uh, that joke. It was we, we laughed hard. So, I guess pivoting uh, a little bit to this week, we've uh, got UNC. So, anything else last week before we, we move to UNC? I'm looking right now. I'm, I'm not seeing anything. I'm not seeing anything jumping out the page. You know, win a game, no passing. That's great. 
Oliver three touchdowns, Jordan Mason three touchdowns, Jerry Howard one touchdown. I think that's the first time I like it. We've had a running back and a quarterback have three touchdowns in the same game since the Orange Bowl when Sinjin and Justin Thomas each scored three. Sounds about right. So very good game by the, the run running backs and the quarterback. Uh, great blocking on the edge by Clinton and Quay and Nate. Brad Stewart as well out there in the on the receiving edge, uh, blocking downfield. It, it was just kind of an all-around good game. Parker Braun made uh, the All ACC of the Week team, and, and he was he was flying all over the place. The offensive line in general was just dominant. Tobias won one of those too. Yeah, he was co-rookie of the yeah. week. Exactly. Um, so awesome on him. It's great to know that we've got a backup quarterback who. Can win a game on the road. A future starting quarterback. You know, I hope so. But at the same time, I hope the guys behind him, I hope uh, James Graham, who came in in the fourth quarter, pushes Tobias as much as Tobias is pushing Taquan. Like, a competition at that position. Like, I don't want anybody to be coordinated. I want them to earn it. Cool. So, moving to UNC. The Tar Heels are 1-6 this year, which... Pretty bad. Is pretty bad. They beat Uh, Pitt. We lost to Pitt. They did beat Pitt. They should have also beaten Virginia Tech. They took the ball on the, on the drive with like two minutes left in the game down and fumbled it on the mm-hmm. one-yard line. And literally the ball popped straight up in the air. The Virginia Tech guy recovered it, and Virginia Tech drives the field to score with 19 seconds left or something like that to win the game. So they should have beaten Virginia Tech. Agreed. Should have beaten maybe Syracuse too. Um, so it's one of those that... I feel like they're a little more dangerous. And now you've got to remember in all this, they've had a rolling number of players suspended for Shoegate 2018. So they, they are kind of finally all back on on the sideline at least, um, ready to you know show that they're not a 1-6 team, that they you know have a little fight in them. You know, I don't think they'll particularly make a bowl game, but who am I to say? Um so I think it's kind of one of those things that we've got to show up and really prove that we are a good enough team. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where if we kind of show up the way we did against a couple of them, then, you know, if, if, if we don't show up like we did against Duke, we're going to lose that game. Agreed. So. we got to – yeah, if we don't – if we aren't fumbling the ball everywhere – Yep, putting the ball on the ground, all of that. That's uh, terrible. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be very clutch. So, I think that's kind of where I am with this game is that we've got to show up and do our job. Now, if Taquan's healthy, I want him starting. Agreed. Um, but if he's not healthy, I don't want the mistakes that cost us Duke and I think cost us Pitt too, where we played an injured guy who wasn't producing. Like if we, not, weren't, yeah, we weren't getting it in the end zone. Yep. If he's not healthy, let's sit him. Let's make sure Taquan's healthy and let's play Tobias because he's serviceable. If not, let's play them both. Let's, you know, keep it fresh. Uh, make sure that they both are, are staying healthy and kind of doing what we want out of the offense. I so. wish there was a formation where you could put both of them out there at the same time. Oh, there is. They should do that. We should. Imagine, imagine. Imagine so what would right. happen if we came out there in a shotgun with the two quarterbacks standing side by side. I would I would lose my mind if we just lined up in shotgun. We haven't done that since Vlad Lee. Yeah, but if we lined up with them, they could run the speed option kind of the to the sideline, pitch it to one another, 
They could run the traditional QB read, like the Lamar Jackson kind of QB read stuff Mm -hmm. to each other. And the bottom line is you wouldn't know if one of them was going to pull up and try to throw it. So they couldn't crash the safeties down because Clinton Lynch would run right by them. Agreed. God, that'd be fun. Paul, if if you need some creative ideas on stupid ways to run the offense. I'll send you my NCAA 2014 (laughs) playbook that I've custom built. Give me a shout. I'm, I'm in. I'm interested. All right, so, yeah, UNC, they've got a backup quarterback in themselves. They've got a couple of stud receivers. I don't think they have a run game, and they've they've run decently. But I really think we're going to come out on defense and try to sit back and take advantage of the inexperience at quarterback because I think they are going to feel like they need to do some things that are kind of razzle-dazzle. So, in their last game, for instance— they, oh, they can try the trick play? They ran a couple trick plays, those kind of things. That's what I'm afraid of. If they hit a couple of those, we could be in trouble. But if we sit back in our zone, bring pressure when pressure is appropriate, but don't try to go too far out of our comfort zone, we're going to be in pretty good shape. Now, the defensive line on our side has been doing pretty well. Like Des Branch and Henri Santa Moore balled out versus Virginia Tech. I think they have the same chance to do that here. And if they can stop the run game with the help of Brant Mitchell and David Curry, that's going to leave us a lot of room for sitting back, letting Trey Swilling, letting Carpenter, letting you know the secondary really have some fun. So I kind of like our chances to stop them on the run game, sit back and play D, and kind of go you know for a pretty good day. Um, you know, again, if we get up by two scores... I mean, I think if, if we get out and we're we're doing what we do, which is possess the ball and score, I think we're going to force them into having to throw the ball. Yeah. Yeah, they certainly would have to throw the ball. So I think it's kind of interesting if uh, if they start having having to throw the ball, not, not wanting to throw the ball and try to be balanced and all that, but if they have to start throwing the ball because they can't run it, we're, we might be in for a, another big day. So. We just need to get into another victory. Yeah, that's what we need. You, you've had the Winsipedia pulled up. How are we doing against them in the past couple of years? So we won last year. The three years prior to that, they won. But then ever since then, ever since Paul Johnson's been there, it's been him. Win, mm. win, win every time. Okay. So No, we, no, no. The first year, they beat us. The first year of Paul Johnson, they beat us. I think they had to vacate but that. They had right? to vacate that win. Then it was one, five wins for us, three for them, one for us. Okay. So, Larry Fedora hasn't been total trash, but it seems like his teams have gone downhill. And I know at least one of those years was our three and nine season where almost anybody should have beaten us that year. Um, Yeah, I kind of feel like this is a series that we should have a better handle on over the past decade or so. So, I kind of expect us to go out there and... And win this one. Um, what are you looking forward to out of out of our team on Saturday? Just seeing who shows up. It's been it's been the tale of two teams this year. We either show up and look great, or we show up and we just look terrible. Terrible, Jerry. Terrible, just the fumbles. Terrible. We just gotta get. Hopefully, the fumbles have stopped. Um, and we can hold on to the ball. If we can hold on to the ball, we'll win the game. Yeah. Yeah, if we can hold on the ball, we've got a great chance. I think that's kind of the um, the keys of the game for us is don't let Virginia Tech 
or it's Virginia Tech. UNC. Don't let UNC have any sort of hope. And the best way to do that is just kind of be consistent and take it down the field on them a couple of times and, you know, play Georgia Tech football in terms of that. So, I, you know, don't get out of our comfort zone. Don't try to do anything special. Paul, please don't come out and try throwing it on first down on the first drive. That stuff, that, that's how we end up punting, going down a score, going down two scores, doing something like that. I mean, I just hated that we're nervous about a 1-16. and 16. We're Georgia Tech fans. We're always nervous about every team. This is somewhat true. Yeah. I think I got us a lock the rest of the season, though. <laughs> you had us a lock the whole season. <laughs> I, I, I just switched off. Go back oh, and forth, gotcha. But, you know. So, one thing I wanted to ask you about, Bill, and this is just something I've noticed, changing gears a little bit, uh-huh. is, you know, Paul Johnson's got, got the triple off, uh, uh, triple option. Uh-huh. That's his thing, right? Yep. He calls all the plays. And if you watch any any game ever, you're guaranteed to be reminded that he calls all those plays out of his head without a play sheet by every single color guy in the world. And that, that, that's what I was thinking about. Because I've noticed over the years, it seems like we kind of have the same little set that we're running with. And I'm wondering if it's just he's adapting it to the new quarterback each year, if it's just in his head, or... So you're saying, you know, you're saying that because he doesn't have it written down with all of the iterations of the plays that he kind of gets stuck in well, a Well, I mean, I also, I also wonder, is, is, is he tracking it? Is he tracking it? Um, I don't think he's that analytical. Okay. I think instead he is much more of a feel guy. And he doesn't particularly... So, here's the thing about the triple option. If you line up, they've got 11 guys on the other side of the ball, right? Yep. So... You set it up so you have to beat one. They can do one of three things with their defense. They can line up six guys on the left. They can line up six guys on the right, or they can line up five on each side and one dude straight up over the center. Mm-hmm. Paul Johnson takes a look at that and goes, okay, figure out which side they have five on and let's run the play that direction. That's so predictable to a defensive coordinator, but there's not really much you can do about that. Because mm-hmm. if you flip guys to that side, great, I'll just run the same play to the other direction. So a lot of times, I noticed this watching... Maybe it was the Virginia Tech game this week. It comes down to the quarterback read? The, well, not the quarterback read, but the the color guy kept saying, why are they running it towards the short side of the field? Why are they running it towards the short side of the field? Like, Paul Johnson may get into trends and things like, hey, I'm going to run it to the short side of the field. It's because he's letting you tell him where to run it. As mm-hmm. the, he's letting the defense predicate. It's just like the triple option. You know, if you run the triple option and they take away the B-back, you're going to get a lot of quarterback runs and a lot of you know pitches to the A-back because they said no B-back. Okay, cool. If they say, don't run it to the wide side of the field, I'm setting up six or maybe even seven guys over on that side. Yeah, we're going to you know look like we're running it to the short side of the field and that it looks kind of mm-hmm. like a pattern almost when it really is more reactive. And I sometimes he does some things that are to set up later plays, like Agreed. He will start running pitches, uh, the, the quick pitch outside, to force them. You know, if you run that successfully three or four times, you'd hope the defense would adjust. Just like 
when somebody runs the when Miami runs the bubble screen on us, right? When Miami runs the bubble field, screen, yeah. you'd think we would learn to adjust. And if they don't, you keep running the pitch, and it's great. But if they do adjust, you start hammering them with the be back, and that's mm-hmm. what happened. That's what happened versus um, Virginia Tech is we were successfully running to the edge a lot, and a lot of it was with the quarterback, but still, it was still to the edge. They adjusted in the second half and pulled the guys outside just a little. And it might only be one step that changes whether that guard can block that guy down inside or whether he has to kind of kick him out to the outside. And if that guy all of a sudden switches to kicking him out to the outside because of where he's aligned on the field, then Oliver takes up up the middle. Takes up the middle or the B-backs open straight up the middle. And, yeah, it might look a little, you know, like a pattern there too. Like, huh, they always run it up the middle in the second half. Well, no, they just told us, hey, we're taking away the quarterback to the outside or the pitch man to the outside. Your only option then is take it up the middle. And it's like, great, if you're going to give us five or six yards there every time, here you go, Jordan Mason. Here you go, Jerry Howard. Take it right down the middle. So I don't think it is more more of a pattern like that. We definitely also customize to the quarterback. Um, I think the perfect example of that is this year. Do they run the same offense? Yes. Is there noticeable differences in the kind of calls that we're running with Tobias than we are with Taquan. Yeah, yep. we don't run the quarterback sweep with Taquan. Is that because he is less physical? Maybe. Is it because he is more attuned and better able to read the traditional triple option? Maybe. Probably a combination of the two. Yep. So if you're going to, you know, put the one who's... I just remember there was a bunch of plays that Justin Thomas used to run that I haven't seen run since Justin Thomas left. He, he used to run a lot more of, I think it's the speed issue. He was so much faster. Mm-hmm. That guy had blinding speed. Not that Tobias is slow, not that Taquan's slow, but like Justin Thomas might have been the fastest guy on the field every time he was on the field. Agreed. And so you'd run a lot more of the speed sweeps. You wouldn't want to run him up the middle on the option as much. So you'd run a lot more of the two, two-man two option to the edge because you're not going to run the quarterback follow with a guy who is... What five eight, with the cleats on? Yeah, with the cleats <laughs> on. Like you don't want him getting hit by a middle linebacker or a defensive tackle or something. Like it'd kill him. Mm-hmm. And again, that year we had Sinjin running up the middle, just Zach fine. Lasky. Lasky running up the middle, just fine. Yeah. So it wasn't a big deal to, you know, have him run more on the edge, and that's just little tweaks. Like it might be the exact same play. It's just whether the A-back arc blocks around the defensive end and goes for the linebacker to block, or if he blocks down on the defensive end and they option off of the linebacker. So it's little tweaks like you'd still yeah. call you know triple option right, but how it's blocked, how the tackle blocks it, how the A-back blocks it will determine where the quarterback run, if it's going to be more of an interior quarterback run, which is generally better for opening up the pitch lane to the A-back. So it'll get more yards on an A-back when you do pitch it. Or if you want to get the quarterback more in that outside lane, you know, running at the corner, you'd run it a little wider with the quarterback. So I don't, I don't know if that made sense, but... Yeah. Cool. So I think we're both in agreement. Tech should beat UNC this weekend. Um, yep. I have this weird feeling that you like them more than I like them. Who? 
Tech. Tech? I, I like them for like a 35, 24 kind of. Oh, no, I like them 60 plus. 60 plus. <laughs> if we're doing it, let's score. Let's go out. Oh, man. I guess if we can drop 49 on a Bud Foster defense, then uh, Larry Fedora's team shouldn't put up much of a fight. We just got to keep going. Do you think we can get him fired this week if we drop 60 on him? Chad thinks so. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Chad. We uh, did a quick hit on Tar Heel Blog's podcast uh, this afternoon. So listen to us there if, if you listen really to need us a double dose. Yeah, if you yeah. want to hear the same thing twice. But appreciate Chad. So, all right. Other games this week of interest. Uh, during the noon slot, Louisville is at Clemson. So that'll be a blowout. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh, man. man, that one's, yeah. Other ACC games, Syracuse at Wake, who cares? Go uh, Deeks. At the 3 o'clock hour, Go Cats. Kentucky is uh, yep. hosting Georgia. So Big Blue Nation. Big Blue Nation. I'll be wearing my uh, Pillsbury Throw Boy. Shout out Jared Lorenzo. I'm wearing that yeah. sucker. It's, it's, it's on. Um, other good games. West Virginia, Texas. Kind yeah. of is an interesting yeah, yeah, one. Yeah. Um, you think Texas is for real? Or do you think it's just all West Virginia on that one? I really don't know what to make of them. I, if you'd asked me last week, I would have said, yeah, Texas. But they went and lost to Oklahoma State. So I, I picked uh, Virginia Tech to win. Or West Virginia? Yeah, West Virginia. One I'm of those. Yeah, Virginia. Stupid Virginia team, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm kind of interested in that one. It's at Texas, but screw it. Dana Holgerson's weird enough to... Yeah. Whatever. Um, Duke and Miami play. That is the 7 o'clock ACC game. I'm interested in that one because we need some help. We, yep. we kind of need Duke to win that game. We do? Yeah. Duke in conference play is... Ooh, let me let me pull it up. Duke is 1-3 and three in conference play. Miami is 2-2. Two and two. Oh, so we're their one. Yep, we are their one, of course. That's but nice. I would, yeah, like so both of them, I would like both of them to be 2-3. and three. That would tie them with us. Um, we still have Virginia, Virginia Tech, and Pittsburgh ahead of us there, but they also have some some teams to play. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with with those teams. Um, speaking of Virginia Tech, they do play Boston College this weekend, so go BC. We we could use your help too. Yeah, BC's gonna win that game. Yeah, I hope so. I really hope so. Um, yeah, other games: Alabama, LSU. Who you like there? Going LSU. You gonna go go with them Tigers? I'm, I'm going with the Tigers. Going, going with the number one, the number one crawfish eating coach from the SEC. Go Tigers. Yeah. Um. You know, I heard uh, both of Alabama's quarterbacks are banged up. Here's the other thing that you're forgetting though: the best player on LSU's team is their middle linebacker. He's suspended for the first half of the game for a targeting call. So he's gonna be coming out hot. He's going to be coming out hot in the second half, but it could be over by halftime. It could be. That's the kind of, you know, is Tua still not throwing a pass in the fourth quarter? Is that still true? I think that's still true. God. I know his knee's supposedly banged up, and I heard Hearns had foot surgery, so he's a little banged up. They probably got another five-star quarterback oh, in yeah, the closet. Oh, yeah, I mean, they, they should. They pull out from, you know. I'm surprised they don't just have another knee they can just bring out. Break glass in case of emergency quarterback that is also a five-star yeah. Screw you, Saban. All uh, right. You know, I think it's just going to be, um, I think it's going to be Alabama's biggest test so far. I would def- definitely agree there. Um, 
So yeah, we'll see. It's sat- I mean, it's Saturday night in LSU. It's gonna it's gonna be lit. Lit. Yeah, I'm sure there's gonna be some drunk people running around there. Odell, you know, Odell won't be there, but I'm, they're gonna play neck. They're gonna play neck a lot. Speaking of which, I might play neck uh, at the end of this podcast. So stick around if you want to hear a uh, version of neck. I saw something online that some UGA fan wrote some disgusted letter because they LSU was terrible for playing neck and they just didn't appreciate that. And I'm like, I mean, I wish Coach O was out there conducting it. <laughs> they clearly. They uh, that Georgia fan has clearly never been to Athens. Right. That's the thing. Like, they get so up in arms. You have the worst fans in the nation. Like, LSU fans, that yes, they sing one song that is a little gratuitous and, you know, whatever. It, it's, But it's not really directed at the opponents. It's more just a they like to curse kind of thing. Oh, no. It, it, yeah, it, it's directed at the opponents. They're, you think so? Yeah, they're taking shots. And that's cool. But, like, you know, if you don't want to hear it, beat them. Yeah. Then you don't hear it. Yeah. They don't. They don't. I don't think they're playing that after they lose. Do they? I, I'd play it all the time. Well, like I'm just I'm saying, like, you know, that's how that's how you shut the other the band up and do all that stuff. You just win the game. Yep. Get back on the bus and keep it moving. All right. Which one of these? I'm I'm going back and forth on. Uh, I'm I'm going Bama by the way on that one. So. Yeah. I I I go back and forth a little bit. I don't have it very highly uh, ranked on my ESPN college pick'em. Uh, I mean, I have it as a low point game, and, and I might switch it back and forth a little bit. I, yeah. I'm just I'm on LSU. You're gonna right this you're gonna wait and see uh, what's what's going on in your early day game picks, and if you're if you need to pick up some points, you'll go with LSU. Yeah, I might I might I might switch it back and forth. I don't know. <laughs> if you're you know? in the lead, go with the safe bet of Alabama. Yeah, there, there's 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 no telling what I'm gonna do. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, all right, so help me out with this one. So that obviously I'm watching that game at eight. It's going to go till 10, 11, but probably will be decided, you know, if it's decided earlier than that, then i got to decide which game I'm watching on for. Pac-12 after dark? Or Mountain West after okay. dark. So here's my options. Stanford-Washington starts a little early. It starts at 9, but I might pick it up, like, in the second half, like, if it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Here's the other options. Cal-Washington State. Washington State kind of interests me a little bit. Yep. BYU-Boise. Blue turf. Oh, so they're at Boise? Yep. Blue turf. Okay. San Diego State at New Mexico. That one kind of has the makings of like two teams you haven't watched at all this year that could just be fucking fun. USC, Oregon State. No. Fresno State, UNLV. No. You think it's the BYU-Boise game? That sucker's on ESPN2 starting at 10, so it should roll till like 1 a.m. <laughs> that, that might be the game. Um... That's the game everybody should have on when they're going to bed. Like, just... Plug it in, set that sleep timer for, you know, a couple hours from now. Why set the sleep timer? Just wait till it just wait till it goes off, and you can wake up to Scott Van Pelt yelling about something. Oh man, yeah, Scott Van Pelt yelling at you at four a.m. Oof, that could be fun. That could be fun. What was it? Uh, San Diego State, New Mexico. Yeah, that's the other one. The Lobos. Yeah. That's what you were saying. What are we looking like there? Let's see. Aztecs and Lobos could be. No, uh, no they, neither one of them puts up a whole bunch of points. I was thinking this was going to be one of those trash, like let's put up all the points games. Mm-hmm. Nah, not not so much. All right. What about that Fresno State? Fresno State's ranked twenty third. UNLV. 
I mean, UNLV is going to get their ass kicked. It's a 26-point spread, but I might just have to watch it to see Fresno State. Yeah, see what they're all about. Like, how many times you get to watch them if they don't make it on TV that much. So that one that one starts at 10.30. It's on CBS Sports Network. Oh, well, I'm definitely not watching that. I hate CBS. <laughs> oh, man. ABC for life. ABC for life? But CBS is... Uh, you repping that's that what's brand. So, that's what's so annoying to me about these Alabama LSU. It's going to be on CBS. I'm, I'm not going to watch that game. I'm not going to lie. Really? Probably not. Alabama LSU? It's you throw it on mute, but you got to be watching that one. Well, I don't, ha- I don't, I don't want to pay CBS for the app for my Apple TV. It's not gonna happen. Oh, you get, I, you don't get them over the air. And I don't have an over the air antenna, brother. We got to hook you up with that. Um, I, I, if I'm watching, I'm watching a bootleg stream. Bootleg stream. All right, cool. Or I yeah. might just have you cut it on Facetime over here and just point the thing. Periscope the it to you. <laughs> yeah. Instagram Live. Nice. The thing. You aren't you aren't on this uh, Northwestern Notre Dame game. I thought that would have been your wheelhouse. Yeah, Northwestern. It, it lines up at the same time as um, you're gonna have that on the multi box. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it starts at seven, so I'll probably watch the first hour of it. But then Alabama LSU comes on. So and Duke Miami's on at the same time. Notre Dame should steamroll Northwestern. That should be yeah, the way yeah. it goes. Other games I'm kind of mildly interested in. Um, Penn State Michigan. Yeah. I just want to see who wins. Again, Georgia, Kentucky, and Texas, West Virginia's on. Yeah. I'm sure that one will be interesting. Same with Iowa, Purdue. Like, God, there's four or five games during that 3 o'clock window that I wouldn't be mad about flipping over to. Like, I'm I'm basically... Texas State, Georgia State? Yeah, there you go. Tulane, South Florida. You know. I could, I could go with any of those games and just, like, whichever one's competitive in the fourth quarter, I'm going to be watching. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Multi-box view, just flipping. Yeah. So. What do you think about UNC, FSU? You think is going to beat them? Uh, not UNC, NC State. I mean, NC State, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, no. Nope. No. I, I like, it, it doesn't look good I like them. NC State. They they tend to be, FSU's still trash. Oh, speaking yeah. of Speaking of, how about Bookman? Who? Do you not see this? No, what is this? So Clemson's whooping the crap out of FSU last week, right? Yeah. And slow start in that game. This yeah, slow start. They only dropped uh, you know, seventy on them or whatever. Um so it, it's fifty two to nothing, I believe. And the camera catches Oh yeah, the guy reading this the shirtless book. dude in the back row reading a book. And they just keep kind like coming back to him like multiple times. FSU Bookman, if you listen, holla. You're awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, the game was scoreless in the first quarter. That's that's right. Was it really? Yeah, it was scoreless in the first quarter. How many did they drop in the second? 28, Ugh. then 24, then 7. I tuned in, I guess, I can't remember what I was watching at the same time, but I tuned in it was 21 nothing. just assumed that they had put up, you know, 14 and 14 or something like that in the first half. No. Still, 28 nothing at halftime? FSU. What are you doing? What are you doing? All right, any uh, any other tips and tricks for the weekend? Shout out Ryan and Laura for uh, hosting an away game party. Uh, no, that's all, that's all I got. Oh, and happy birthday, Dana. I know you're yeah, listening. Happy birthday, Dana. We recorded on your birthday, so happy birthday to you. All right. Well, then, uh, yeah, enjoy who the, it. Who do the Falcons play this week? 
the Falcons are back versus the Redskins. Yeah, that's right, the Redskins. So, got to get my fantasy lineup in order. My, my fantasy team's trash. Yeah, mine is. Well, team. no, my team's great. We just can't seem to put together points to beat whoever we're playing. That's what the games are about. Put together more than your opponent does. <laughs> yep. All right. So uh, for Stephen, this is Bill signing off. Enjoy. Uh, I believe this is the Jackson State University uh, marching band's rendition of Neck. Go Jackets. Go Jackets.